0: everybody, it's He Young. Roundtable is thrilled to launch the UniTalk Challenge, rising stars of Roundtable. If you like the show and enjoy our discussions, why not take the stage yourself? Calling all university students, both undergraduates and postgrads, to engage in an English discussion on a topic that ignites your passion. Record your discussion, which consists more than one person, and send it to us at ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. You could be the next rising star of Roundtable. An incredible opportunity awaits, so seize the moment.
1: Discussion keeps the world turning.
2: This is Roundtable. Roundtable.
0: You're listening to Roundtable with myself, He Young. I'm joined by Xing Yu and Brandon Yates in the studio. The Roundtable team recently visited the campus of Beijing Foreign Studies University, and it was great to meet and greet all of you who showed up. We will have more of these visits to college campuses this year, so if you want to see us in flesh, in your university well hit us up ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com we'll talk and also if you want to participate in our uni talk challenge as you've listened to the promo just now um Please send your recording to ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. And we would love to find some new voices and uh, you could be heard on the show. And it would be great to hear your inspirations and aspirations about all these things happening in life coming up part-time children or full-time offspring. We discuss how young adults navigate relationships with aging parents. And to sweat or not to sweat, which is healthier? I never thought sweating is, well certainly it's not an appealing thing, (laughs) but we're talking about health and we discuss. Our podcast listeners can find us at Roundtable China on Apple Podcast. If you have questions that you wanna answer, If you want us to answer on social issues, business, technology, or whatever moves your spirit, you can send those our way. There's a place to do it. Let me reiterate it again. ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. Emails are fine, but voice memos are always better because we are a radio show after all. And now on Roundtable, let's move on to the next discussion. Uh, next topic of discussion. While the phrase full-time offspring became a buzzword earlier in the year, part-time children reflect the reality for More people. The term part time children is catching on among Chinese millennials and Gen Z who have reached an age which increasingly their aging parents need their care while they are physically miles away, working and living in a different city. They are often put in a tough decision or a tough position in deciding are you willing to put your life on hold to care for your parents? And if you don't need to decide now, That day might come, most possibly. So I thought this um, parent child relationship is for life. What constitutes full time versus part time children? See you, you're on definition duty, I guess. (laughs)
1: Yeah. the definition of part-time children is, it describes a situation where for young adults who are striving for their livelihood and career advancement in big cities, taking care of their parents is just like having a part-time job. Mm. So they check in with their parents when they have time and they visit them on public holidays, such as the Lunar New Year um, holiday in China when families get together and they cannot be available at their parents' back and call. So because they are living in a big city away from from their parent. They have little knowledge of their parents' daily lives, and they're in a position where they cannot take care of them well. And for full-time children that um, made headlines in the nation, um, I think in the past few months, it refers to those young people who choose to live with their parents and Perform domestic duties for a monthly salary. So some are some of them are tired of, you know, this competitive working environment uh, or long working hours uh, or the high living costs in big cities, or some they continue their studies or prepare for exams for their future career while taking care of their parents. While for some it's generally about enjoying the process of being with your parents yes. and wanting to be there with them. So these are kind of two terms that are being the buzzwords right now
0: right and full-time children when that was all you know all over the social media later in the later part of last year earlier uh, this year um it just reminded me the uh, of the english term boomerang ki- boomerang kids and it, it's kind so it of
2: that leave and come back yeah kind of yeah.
0: like that but uh of course with chinese characteristics, um, there's a slight different interpretation to that. Okay, so Brandon, Mm. um, when you first saw the term part-time children, uh, what came to mind? Were you a bit puzzled?
2: I guess everything that was mentioned earlier is something that a lot of young adults grapple with, I think particularly now, and also particularly um, that move away Quite some distance from their parents, especially if they've got elderly parents as well. Mm -hmm. I think it's quite a difficult thing to decide what to do because, yes, you love your parents and you want to spend time with them and you also want to make the most of their remaining years and you want to make sure that they're taken care of and you want to repay them for everything that they did for you. But at the same time, you also need to create a life and future for yourself and potentially your future children. And sometimes that may not be possible when you're in the same city or country as your parents, which is something that I'm obviously dealing with now with my parents being in South Africa and me being in China. Mm -hmm. So I think it is quite a difficult debate that a lot of people have to kind of figure out how they deal with it. Um, So yeah, I'm kind of at a point right now where I'm trying to develop myself and my future while staying in touch with my parents and, you know, figuring out how I can, you know, best stay in touch with them and look after them, you know, when they get to really advanced years. Thankfully, I still do have my sister in South Africa that spends Ah. a lot of time with my parents Um, but if you're a single child geez that Mm -hmm. must be an incredibly difficult decision to make because you know you love and respect your parents and you want to spend as much time with them as possible but you also need to create your own life because one day they're not going to be there and it's going to be just you and you need to set up a life for yourself
1: for me, I think um, the moment that I heard about this term part-time children, I was quite skeptical about this mm. because it um, this is quite the norm for many urban migrant workers and I've been thinking: Is it really necessary to put a label on us? You know, being a part-time. It sounds like a job, but when you go visit your parents on a holiday, you don't get some money back. You know, it's not that kind of a job. It's kind it's like of like a responsibility. A responsibility, mm-hmm. or or you sometimes really feel the pleasure of of meeting um, or um, getting together with your parents. So that that's the initial thought of. Um, of hearing about this term but on the other hand I think it's a term coined in comparison with full-time children so because um, first of all we had this full-time children this term and then um, I think for many of us we don't have this privilege to live with our parents and you know get the salary from our parents um, <laughs> we we don't unlike this full-time children we lack some time to spend together with our parents and it comes to many people People, I think many people uh, start to reflect on their relationship with their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, they, especially for millennials whose parents have reached the age of retirement and they're getting older, and um, for them they are currently living in another city and they're living away from their parents. And they think I think it's time for them to reflect on themselves to um, to, to aspects like Have I spent enough time with my parents? Have When's the last time I had conversation with them and how are they really doing right now?
0: Um, Mm. I think
1: these uh, these are the indications of this term.
2: Going back to that responsibility term, I think Mm. it's always healthier to see spending time with your parents as not being a responsibility. Mm. But it is different for different Families, Because, you know, mm. some families, their parents might not necessarily be financially stable and maybe their children are doing really well in life. So they actually do have a responsibility oh. to take care of their parents and That's kind so of financially nice. make sure that they're okay until, you know, mm. they are no longer on earth um so but but for me personally i i think it's always a lot healthier to be able to create a life for yourself even if it is away from your parents and when you do spend time with your parents it's more about quality time Mm. enjoying each other's company learning from each other not seeing it as a responsibility more seeing it as a privilege but like i said it really does depend on what your own financial situation is as a child Mm. and what your parents financial situation is so i think it's also it really varies from family to family
0: yeah and And just to echo what you said just now, um, becoming a full-time child actually comes from a place of privilege Mm. in that sense. Um, So for a lot of families out there, um, especially, um, depends on culture. If you grow up in the Chinese culture, we do have this emphasis on filial piety and although what I is s- that? um, that's sort of like honoring your parents, but also the darker side of it is that there is, depends on how you see it, an obligation, if not a burden for some people that you need to sort of give back. Right. Yeah. And uh, and if you don't, I, although this is changing as well, I think um, for some people, they don't see it in such a heavy yeah. Or or maybe not so literal. Well, it depends on how you interpret it because these things, these traditional values, they run deep in our society. But everybody's got a different interpretation, I feel, because we're also a very diverse society as time moves on. But for some people, you kind of feel this sense of guilt. That if you're not able to take care of your parents when they need when they need you or, or when you're not fulfilling the duties that you read from the textbooks when you were in school, there's a <laughs> there's like a class of virtues. And then, you know, I remember uh, reading in the textbook that, oh, washing feet for parents, that seems to be, that's like a, almost like a signature act. Of you're doing something mm, um, like special back, yeah. for for your parents Interesting. and yeah um, yeah, but, but also I think I just sort of furthered a stereotype and that's not what I wanted to do. Um, so uh, unintentionally that got mentioned. Um, so, so, you I think we're getting at something that um, a, a lot of Chinese. Gen Z and millennials would have this debate in their heads that is, it's almost like choosing between what's good for me and what's good for mom and dad, or can that be sort of, um, can, can that subtle balance be, be established? And, and it's a really tough one because mm. sometimes your hometown doesn't even have job opportunities. Exactly. At so ample. So yeah, the tough one. Yeah, it, it is the
1: tough one. And I don't have a standard answer for that. But I think because of urbanization, especially, I think it's a global trend, but in China also we are seeing a lot of um, young adults, they migrate to big cities to pursue their career. And because of that, they have to like um, let go part of their um, bond with their parents. Mm-hmm. But I think that's also the common problems that millions of young people there are facing right now. Um, the Beijing News recently interviewed several part-time children living in Beijing, and one of them... Uh, a 26-year-old female uh, who's working on content operations. She said that um, work for her sometimes can be too busy. And when she receives messages from her parents during the daytime, she often forgets to reply. And after several such instances, um, her parents started to stop sending messages to Mm -hmm. her. And also another problem is that um, now they're only sharing good news with their parents, and parents mm-hmm. too. They they, um, they're afraid of disturbing their young children. You know, they don't want to be a burden. So they, when they are sick, they don't tell them. And this is kind of a problem that I think many um, of us would resonate. Me too, included. Um, and gradually, I think we have all become accustomed to only sharing good, good news. news, our yeah. joys and not our concerns with each other. And the feeling is mutual.
0: Yes. And the, as time moves on and I wonder if you're, I'm sure the, the love is there, mm. but the closeness might gradually dissipate a little bit because you don't know what's yeah. going on in mm. each other's lives. And it's really the, n- n- not the, best joyful moments which are often the moments that that truly uh, make us feel how we feel
2: for me communication is the first step to solving that problem Mm. i think there needs to be open lines of communication i mean there should be no other person in this world that you are more honest and open with than your parents, I think. So while there is a mutual love there, and you also want the best for each other, you also need to be able to share, look, I can't respond to messages during the day because I'm working. It's not because I don't love you. I'm just busy. Mm -hmm. And a mutual understanding. So parents also have to understand, look, my child is busy. They're not ignoring me. They're working, etc., etc. And I think a lot of those slightly unspoken about issues can be resolved by communication and mutual understanding between parents and children that aren't living close by to each other.
0: Yes. And I think the the parents and children, grown-up children, they get that. Yeah. But it's the thought that I don't want to add any burden to my yeah. loved one. It's a Especially cautious, when you're apart. Yeah, yeah, especially that. So it's almost like... For me, the heart part is you care so much for the other person that you don't want to create any extra trouble. Mm. That is an issue. Yeah. You know? Yeah, right. And and I read one of these personal anecdotes that um, this dad, who lives in a little town, um, would check his daughter's... Um, pedometer count on wechat which is connected to wechat (laughs) counts the steps and he would watch closely oh my daughter's taken a thousand steps already then she's up obviously but if there's no movement oh she's only taken six steps then okay probably went to the loo so not gonna bother her when she's not up and then
2: he sounds like he needs a smartphone break
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably would be, be good for him. But but also but it's he, very sweet. Yeah and, yeah, and he wouldn't mind more of time spent with his daughter, more communication yeah. and all the good stuff that you just mentioned. So um, while, you know, on the one hand, some people might say, this topic is not new, and it's certainly not news. It's, um, you know, taking care of your parents when they get older. Um, every single generation has to deal with this. I still see that there are certain... Um, special or or slightly different um, aspects to today's generation in dealing with this situation. One being that the majority of us in China of this generation could be the only child. And also China did not ever experience this kind of movement of migration within our country in recent years. And therefore, we need to look at well, to me, this is ultimately about healthcare and also how to give care to a rapidly aging population when we don't even have enough nurses, not to mention when the majority of our uh, elderly population would prefer to be cared of at home. And how do you facilitate that? And at the moment, just with these stories, it feels like a lot of... Um, the obligation
2: and a financial burden for exactly, young for young people yeah. in particular,
0: and, and also the older folks as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Because yeah. if their children can't afford to take care of them, and the, you know, how are they supposed to take care of themselves? So they, it becomes a financial bur- burden p- potentially for it, for both parties.
0: Yes, it definitely. And also, we are only looking at young adults, mm. and just give them some time. And you enter the sen- sandwich generation when you have kids, and that's just. Mm.
2: And then you're looking after elderly people and your own children. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's intense. I feel bad
0: for bringing that, that up. So hard. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but this is a situation that not only here in China are we facing, but around the world.
2: 100%. Yeah. South Africa too. Yeah. And it, again, healthcare is a massive part of it, particularly Absolutely. for the elder generations. Yeah. I think a lot of the burden that uh, middle-aged children feel for their parents would be resolved, I suppose, by improved healthcare globally.
0: Yeah. And also, universal health care is, yep. um, sounds great, but neither China nor the U.S. has it. And, um, a lot of this caring responsibility, um, falls on the shoulders of families. And, um, that the, of course, there's the discussion of what the state can do. And then there's possibly this basic, uh, healthcare package that one could enjoy, but probably everybody around the world can agree with that. Um, it's certainly just not enough to provide the ad adequate and and comfortable care that we would like to see for the elderly and yeah. ourselves one day because we all grow old and I, I guess
2: on the flip side of that one message that we can take from that is that also try and take care of yourself as best as you can so you know eat healthy exercise you know I mean look it's hard to convince an eighty year old man or woman to do that I mean you kind of have your lot in life when you get to that age but I think there is a lot that we can do as middle aged and aging people to take care of ourselves so that when we do become older, we are not necessarily a huge burden either to the state or to our children or something Mm -hmm. like that. So while I do agree that it is a huge issue for families in terms of um, kids having to look look after parents and potentially their own children one day, I think we as individuals also need to take on the responsibility that we may potentially have to look after ourselves for the rest of our lives. And I think that can also take off some of the burden from, you know, uh, younger family members. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes. And do, and certainly, this is one of the topics that I'm sure we will see it show up in some shape or form in the future. And yes, when you're young, you feel like you're omnipotent, you're <laughs> invincible. But before you grow old, you know, you already see that I think this is a lesson for everyone. Um, and we want to be there for, for our loved ones. And uh, I guess the big question is how can we provide those services? And we'll probably talk about it a a different day as well. You're listening to (laughs) Roundtable coming up next. To sweat or not to sweat, which is healthier. Stay tuned.
2: Looking for passion? How about fiery debate? Want to hear about current events in China from different perspectives? Then tune in to Roundtable. Where East meets West, and understanding is the goal.
0: It's the hour of Roundtable with myself, He Young. I'm joined by Xing Yu and Brandon in the studio. After a workout, some people are drenched in sweat, while others aren't. The question lingers, is sweating profusely healthier than hardly sweating at all? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know in... TCM, traditional Chinese medicine, there is this idea that um, if you soak yourself in hot water and sometimes it's like boiled with um, traditional Chinese herbs hmm. and um, that and, and you come out of that bath, of course, sweating, and then that is potentially good for you because yeah. it's detoxing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I
2: guess in Western culture, that would be a sauna
0: yeah, so yeah but but in China there's also you know oh, okay. the TCM thing so <laughs> yeah so so these are uh, boiled herbs that's uh, put into the hot bath right yeah. so your
2: body absorbs it
0: yeah 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 and uh, <laughs> that sounds it, pretty healthy to me yeah and well I guess that's um the science I'd like to uh, hear you guys decipher yeah mm. traditionally many Chinese people
1: tend to believe that you know sweating equals to detoxing mm. But actually, um, there's no scientific basis in that. Um, so for sweating, sweating is a very common and natural part of our lives. It's I think it's like a default setting. So when, when the temperature is high, um, like the past summer we just experienced, yes. and when you work out and your heart is pumping, or when you feel nervous or scared, you might also sweat. So sweating, also called perspiration, mm-hmm. is the major way our body regulates its temperature. So by releasing water through glands in the skin, the body is able to cool itself down. Um, and the amount of sweat that each person produces can be very different. And actually, the question is raised by those who I think they they have observed themselves as sweating more than others or less than others. And they, um, they think they wonder is is sweat the indication of the health condition? Mm. Uh, Am I not be am I not being healthy for sweating that much or that little, you know, but if we look at the components of sweat, it's mostly just water and a bit of um, sodium or potassium, this kind of electrolytes, you know, Mm. and So the conclusion of this um, conception of sweating as a way of detoxification is actually not accurate. In general, if you don't feel any discomfort, uh, physical discomfort, um, the amount of sweating, much or little, can be both seen as healthy. Hmm, that is interesting.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think there's like a variety of thoughts on this. I mean... And, like you said, a lot of it is not based on science. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people believe that sweating is a way to get rid of things yeah. in their body. And I don't necessarily think that that is true. I think a lot of it has to do, you know, with like bathroom activities, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think that's the main I don't know how to say it like as <laughs> politely as possible. But I think that is the best way to get rid of negative things in your body, whether it's like drinking or you know whatever it is. So, um I mean, from research that I've done in terms of like recovering from hangovers and that kind of thing, People do, (laughs) look, let's let's be real here. (laughs) Um, And sweating isn't necessarily the best option for that. They say the best thing to do is, you know, eat food, hydrate and try and clear things out of your body in, um, in the in the bathroom right. put it that way yeah okay yeah, 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 yeah. Um,
1: my research also shows that actually the liver and the lungs yes. um they are the organs that can process you know this kind of you know harmful harmful things outside of your body not sweating yeah, yeah, yeah. right
0: so don't count on it but no, but no. if you are if you never sweat then well, if you don't have the gland, which some people don't, yeah. then that's um, that's normal for, for you, I guess. But if, uh, you know, for an average folk like myself, um, <laughs> if, if you just don't sweat at all, then I suppose that's not no good either. Yeah. And, and, and the sweating actually um, opens up your pores. And then if you sort of cleanse your face and body um, mm-hmm. right after the, the sweating, it could be as a result of sauna or the... Uh, traditional TCM kind of um, herbal bath that I mentioned earlier. And and it could be, you could feel like really, your skin feels really clear and and really nice. And uh, yeah, also after a workout, you know.
2: I think sweating should be seen as an indicator of something. So I think when people are sweating, they should try and figure out what it is that's causing that and then decipher if it's good for them or not. So sweating after exercise, I think that's great. If you're just sitting in a chair and you're sweating profusely for no reason, that's probably a sign of something bad happening in your body. So I think people shouldn't necessarily see sweating as having one particular function. It is definitely a regulator of your body's temperature. That's that's been proven by science, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think just in terms of day-to-day life, if you are sweating at certain points d- during the day, I think try if, if it's something that concerns you, try and see it as an indicator of something that you're doing or not doing.
1: Right. Yeah, actually, there are cases, um, conditions that if you observe yourself um, sweat excessively or no sweat at all, there are actually medical terms for that. Um, for excessive sweating, actually, there is a term called hyperhidrosis, mm-hmm. such as you, you are experiencing sweat on your palms or feet. Um, these are generally caused by genetic, dis- uh, genetic factors and also um, they can also signal some underlying health issues such as low blood sugar yeah. or cardiovascular diseases. And for those who have reduced
0: sweating, and they can also be caused by genetic factors too. All right. And if you sweat so much, if you start doing that, then always remember to keep hydrated.
2: Electrolytes yes. are key.
0: <laughs> yes, that's very important. Yeah, And... Uh, yeah, and we didn't really have time to talk about deodorants, but apparently that's not always good for you.
2: I've also heard that, yeah. Yeah, right? a lot A lot of celebrities are staving away from uh, deodorant, <laughs> I've heard. And
0: that's it for today's roundtable. Have a great day. Bye, guys.